Hi everyone. Today is Earth Day. Already for the 52nd time and we still need Earth Day. Actually, we need Earth Day more than ever. Because unlike the very first Earth Day in 1970, when about 10% of the Americans joined protests and activities all over the US, there is less enthusiasm now than in those days. And perhaps in worldwide numbers, we are with more in the global movement to take better care for our environment. But if the 10% of the Americans would still be active on the environment today, we should see about 32 million Americans protesting and being active uh, in all kinds of forms of, of environmental activism today. And that is certainly far lower than that. But uh, the good news you that are listening right now to this podcast, I would say uh, you are doing something on Earth Day that's Earth Day related, so you can uh, you can count yourself into the movement. And this very first Earth Day was extremely influential. It quickly led in the years that followed to all kinds of measures, like establishing the the EPA and laws to protect water and air and, and wildlife. But while the urgency to save the planet has only increased and we went much more from local problems to global problems, the appetite for activism somehow diminished. It comes a bit with waves. I think in the 1970s there was clearly the awakening of the environmental movement. Uh, you saw that in, in some periods there was clearly more attention uh, for the environment, but not when we needed it. We needed it most of all in the 1990s because that was the window of opportunity to really tackle the, at that moment, growing uh, global problems. And the only one that we did really tackle in those days was uh, the, the ozone layer. So the Montreal Protocol that is of, of 1997, that is clearly uh, a very good step and a very good example to show how you can tackle with all countries together a global problem and and actually very efficient and very successful and that is a model that we should apply much more often and now you see in in the past few years before the pandemic there was clearly a rise in attention uh, for climate change especially uh, triggered by by the youth movement uh, but as soon as the the pandemic started, uh, all attention went went somewhere else. And now that is very much uh, the attention in the last uh, two months is is of course focused on on Ukraine. But it doesn't mean that the other emergencies that we are dealing with are somehow becoming uh, less important. We have uh, now only seven Earth days left. Seven times more on the. 22nd of April, that is always Earth Day, to half our greenhouse gas emissions. Instead, they're going up. So wildlife and plants and natural habitats are being reduced at unimaginable speed. And by 2050, there'll be more plastic in the oceans than fish. And from whatever way you look at this environmental destruction, it is clear that this can no longer go on. And while the world needs the full attention of their leaders, for the environment, they have their hands full at this, this brutal invasion by Russia of, of Ukraine. And just about an hour ago, uh, I was interviewed by TRT World about the impact of that war on the environment and on 
climate change and uh, TRT world that is for for those that that don't regularly follow it it's you you could say it's a bit like the the CNN but then uh, the Turkish CNN it broadcasts uh, worldwide so it's always good to be uh, live interviewed there it's always rather brief always anywhere between a few minutes or if it's really stretched then it's like like 10 minutes uh, unless they put me in a panel somewhere but because it's viewed by by millions and millions of people at least on youtube they already have more than a million followers but it's it's really broadcasting worldwide so uh it's 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 always good to uh to speak there if uh, if possible so what what this interview was about this morning is uh, how war and conflicts are actually worsening the climate crisis and it is clear that that this war in ukraine will have a negative impact on on, on climate so for one uh it is there's now this this scramble for more energy in western europe and we just don't have the luxury of time in this emergency to only get that from renewable energy because everything takes takes time building windmills or solar panels etc or any investment you do takes time uh, but it's also used by those that have an interest in the fossil fuel industry or those that have an interest in nuclear energy um, to lobby governments now to actually start uh, investing more in the development of all kinds of new fossil fuel energies uh, which also takes a lot of time. So my focus would clearly be on uh, more renewable energy and combined with using much less energy and using other forms uh, of, of energy. So um, if, if you look at the longer perspective, uh, I think we will see much more investment into renewables and, and a movement away from fossil fuels, at least in the Western world. And it is very very important that china and quite a few other big countries uh, countries like india brazil etc that they also uh, become more uh, serious on uh, on on reducing fossil fuels but they will never do that if we don't start in the west because in the west it's not only that we are uh, richer and have more knowledge and are more in a position to do so but it's also that we have the moral weight uh, that we carry on our shoulders that we are the ones that have started uh, with this fossil fuel pollution and that have by by uh, by historic standards by far polluted more than anybody else so if if we don't start uh, they don't start so there there is this relationship and there is this this leadership that we in the West um, have to show, and some countries in the West are quite progressive there. Countries like Denmark has been extremely successful. Uh, other countries are far less uh, successful in, in the movement away from fossil fuels that they should do. I mean, Australia, to mention one, uh, is a terrible example, and the United States could actually do also much, much, much more than they should do. So, uh, on, on yeah on talking about this this uh, effect of war on climate um, I think that that you could say in, in more general terms that the military has a huge impact on climate change I mean think of all these fighter jets jets and ships and tanks that that need to be operated and I don't have any numbers on the Russian military I'm not in any way hopeful that they are environmentally conscious. But to take an example of the United States military use of fossil fuels, and I'm mentioning the U.S. here not just because it's it's uh, the, the the biggest 
army in the world, but also because the U.S. is a democracy where there's more uh, transparency in numbers. And, and therefore, it is, it is interesting to look at the U.S. just because we have more reliable numbers than we have of other countries. Uh, but mentioning the U.S. doesn't mean uh, that other countries got a free pass and that they are doing it well. But if you look at the U.S., um, the, the, the use of fossil fuels and the production of greenhouse gases by the U.S. military is uh, more than countries like Sweden or Switzerland. Actually, if the U.S. military would be an independent country, they would be the 47th um, producer uh, in the world of, of fossil fuels, equal to even, even more than countries like Morocco, for instance. And it is not only... Um, and, and this number is also, to, to give another comparison, if you would take a quarter of a billion cars, that is a lot... Uh, and would drive them around for a year. That is equal to what the U.S. military is, is producing. And then think of all the other militaries in the world, if you add all of that together. I mean, it's a massive contribution to climate change that we are talking about, which is not mentioned or it's not measured in, uh, in, in the emission numbers of countries uh, because that was uh, negotiated out of the treaties already in the days of, uh, of the Copen Copenhagen. So... Uh, th that is one part of the, of the environmental impact, but also think about the toxic material that causes cancer, burst defects, uh, think about the use of, of, of Agent Orange in Vietnam and everything that followed. Think about uh, Saddam Hussein burning all those oil wells in, in Iraq and that kind of, kind of, the kind of abuse of the environment. And uh, there's another aspect which is interesting to think about that it is not only that climate change is um, it's not only that warfare and conflicts are impacting climate change it's also the other way around that climate change is impacting conflicts because with more climate change we will via all kinds of indirect uh, steps we will see a cont contribution and impact on more conflicts in the world and that is for instance that because there's more drought and more extreme weather and more floods that uh, there will be less access uh, to water there will be less uh, available food we will see an increase in hunger and increase in migration and all these forces also lead to more political instability and um, it's it's been uh, calculated that uh, for every uh, one degree of one degree in Celsius of heating, uh, we will see a four and a half percent increase in civil war. Uh, that's research done by Princeton University and and, and Berkeley. So these are uh, these are serious studies that basically prove that if it gets warmer we will see more conflicts or another one, which is even much more easier to see in the graphs is that um, if the world food price index rises, that leads to more uprisings. If the world food price index is above 200, you immediately see an increase in uprisings all over the world. Recently, there was uh, an uprising in Peru uh, and that was directly related to food prices, which were impacted by the war in Ukraine. So you have halfway around the world, you 
you see impact on the stability in a country because of what is happening uh, in, in, in Ukraine. So these are huge impacts uh, that you really see uh, worldwide. So um, these, these kind of thoughts is just yeah, one way of, of contributing to Earth Day. I mean, I, join, I joined this, uh, this interview at TRT. Um, I wrote an, an, an article on Kaleidoscope. Uh, I work uh, with them on sustainability and sustainable travel, and I write uh, for Kaleidoscope. So you can, you can find it on my Twitter account. That's the, the article with the turtle that you saw uh, this day, uh, or the picture with the turtle. Um, and uh, I also did earlier this week a podcast with Vanessa Champion, the, the one we normally do on Monday, which was this week on Wednesday. That was also specifically about Earth Day. And well, what I'm doing right now is also talking about Earth Day. So for me, communication is my tool. But I believe that on Earth Day, everybody in whatever job you have, you should think on Earth Day about how can you do your job or your life differently or better in a way from a an environmental perspective. Let's say if you're whatever, you're a bus driver, think about how can I use less energy with my bus? Maybe we should uh, move from from uh, from petrol to gas and then produce less emissions or maybe go electric uh, electric. Or if you work in any other kind of transport sector, think about what you could do less in transport. If you're in the building industry, um, maybe use less cement and see if you can, can find uh, more use of sustainable wood. And uh, if you're a researcher, think about how you can better organize your research. Or if you're a director in an office, uh, maybe, you know, insulate uh, the building better or use less lights or move to LED bulbs. And that's also the same for your household. I mean, there's so many things you can you can just do in and around your house. And I know that if you are changing your lifestyle, you're not helping, uh, you're, you're not the one saving the planet. But if nobody does it, then we know that we will never get there. So this is, it's a bit like going to the elections. I mean, if you, if you vote for the next uh, president or prime minister in, in the country where you are living, you can easily argue that uh, the uh, the president has never ever in the history been chosen by just one vote difference. So your vote doesn't matter. So you might as well not vote. But I suppose that you're still voting. Here's the same thing. It all matters what you're doing. And also, you give an example uh, to, to other people. So this is a quite spontaneous and a rather unprepared podcast as i said it was only half an hour or maybe 45 minutes ago now that i came with the idea to do an extra podcast and i knew it would be small scale with not too many listeners now but i hope that people will listen uh, later uh, today and so it's, it's a bit in contrast to the ones that i normally do because normally uh, those uh, those other podcasts either when i interview somebody or when i do a podcast together with either Vanessa or Alistair, I can promise you those are quite well prepared and a lot of hours are uh, put into that uh, preparation. Um, but I thought it was just nice to take a bit of time and chat in this small-scale setting about what what we are doing, on what all of you are doing on climate change and, and, and on the environment and how you, how you kind of celebrate Earth Day, if you're aware of it, uh, what you think we we could do what you think what should be done what other people 
um, should uh, maybe do as well. Um, so yeah, the, the floor is, is, uh, is very much open. If you have any ideas, I could talk on for hours, but if, if any of you has, um, has ideas or input to give on, on anything Earth Day related, uh, you're, you're very much, uh, welcome uh, to join. And I see Evelyn joining. Hi, Evelyn. Hi. Hi there. How are you doing? Yeah. Good. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I'm here in Ottawa doing my podcast today, <laughs> my broadcast. <laughs> okay, I got post-its all over my table. Oh my God. Okay, let's <laughs> let's start. <laughs> I'm curious. Well, uh, where should I start? Well, what I did today was. Um, I started out by posting pictures from my walks um, on the train to work, and then I did that again on the train home. So, you know, use public transport will be one of them because you can do stuff like that. You can tweet, you can post stuff on Instagram, what you can't do or shouldn't do while you're driving. Yeah, good and one. Then, well, that leads me to, the, well, to posting pictures of nature and to maybe reconnect with nature. And that's very much what I've been doing um, on that long walk I'm on. That's like 190 kilometers. That's like, I don't know, 120 miles possibly. So I've been posting pictures from that walk. It's along the water. It's usually, you know, in the forest or close to trees. And then just um, share like the beauty of nature, beauty of what you saw, maybe to inspire others to do the same. Yeah. That's kind of the, the idea behind that. I know you do that as well. Yeah. And um, yeah, so that was, that was the second post-it. Someday mm -hmm. somebody will tell me that post-its are really bad for the environment. That would be really <laughs> it depends on how many you have on your desk right now. Oh, trust me, too many. <laughs> um. Yeah, and then um, yesterday I bought new uh, glass bottles because I've been using plastic bottles, reusable ones, but they're still plastic. So yesterday I went out hunting for glass bottles and I found really nice ones, like um, recycled glass ones as well. So I now have glass bottles for, well, around the house. I'm not sure how safe it is for me to travel with them because I'm quite clumsy so trust myself with them at home but maybe not out and about <laughs> good one yeah okay I'll just keep going until you see yeah them. no I I, <laughs> I, I I think these are all uh, great examples of what you can do because it's all these little things like changing uh, plastics for glass etc that are that are helping yeah, so that's mm. that's uh, those are good ones. Then there's one that I mentioned during your podcast with Vanessa as well. I always carry a reusable bag. Um, in this case, well, in the case of a Wednesday, it was like a cloth bag that I have with me, so I can refuse bags when they want to give you a bag when you buy something, and I actually have something to carry my things around in, so I do that, and that's I think perfect. that's something that. 
a lot of people in Switzerland do automatically because we never had that culture of um, like at the grocery store, you were never given bags. You always yeah. had to bring your own or you had to buy one. So that's like a sort of, a, I don't know if you want to call it a cultural thing, but it's just something that we're used to. You don't yeah, just that's, get that's a, a good one. I have one that is that you can fold really small. It's in the inside of yeah. the pocket of my jacket, which is made out of old, uh, do you call that PET bottles? Those, those plastic yeah. bottles. And I always have that one with me wherever I go. So that's, that is, uh, that's at least one bag I have with me. And then for the rest, yeah, all I have is, is reusable bags. I must say they are plastic, uh, but they are, they are reusable. <laughs> Yeah, it sort of depends on the weather. I do have um, probably carry like two reusable bags around with me at all times, now that yeah. I think of it. But um, yeah, depending on the weather, a plastic one, a recycled plastic one is also probably a better idea. Then uh, what else do I have? Yeah, reusable eating utensils. I am a big fan of the spork. I don't know if you guys are aware of that. Which but is a mix like between a spoon and a fork, right? A spoon and a fork, yeah. And I think a knife as well. So you, car know, you carry that with you when you're on the road or, or what? Yeah, when I'm traveling and I, well, usually I bring my lunch to work. So I just bring a regular, um, a regular fork. But yeah, when I'm traveling, I always, always have a fork with me. Which so is great need... because in so many countries you see that uh, whenever you order something you get plastic cutlery and then people throw it away. And uh, that is, uh, yeah, this is good. I see in the Netherlands a movement where they're changing this as well. I went uh, last summer, I was I was hiking in the Netherlands and I went to uh, what we call a snack bar in Dutch. I'm not sure if that word, it's English. I'm not mm -hmm. sure if it's really used in America as well. But um, And then I... I ordered some some really unhealthy but tasty food and the guy explained that the kind of plastic that he 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 put it in he said this is not plastic it looks like plastic but he says it isn't and he says if i he says here here's a whole pile of these uh, these things and if i don't use them enough then i took another pile that was behind it he said this one is already deteriorating it's not even plastic anymore you cannot even use it so i have to throw it away and that was he said it was some kind of eu regulation that he had to follow uh, that he was no longer allowed uh, to serve food in plastic so i thought that was a good example mm. definitely yeah yeah i see sharon yeah, joining as well should we yep. briefly go to sharon and then back to you sure. okay Hi, uh, how does this work? Uh, make, invite to speak. There we go. Um, you are invited to speak now, but somehow I don't see Sharon moving up yet. Um, I don't, uh, Sharon, can you, can you already join? You have to push something bottom right. Let me see how I solve this. Um, I... I somehow can't get you in. Make uh, make next caller. See if that works. I'm trying all kinds of. Oh, there we are. Now you can. Now you only have to unmute yourself, Sharon. It's I think at the bottom right at a button that you have to push. There we go. There we go. 
Can you hear me now? I can hear you. Hi, Sharon. Oh. <laughs> Thanks for joining. Oh, you're you're welcome. Um, I'll, I'll be short. Um, but I was um thinking about the wildfires that are ravaging in Arizona right now. We are in wildfire season, and our governor has declared a state of emergency. And our Arizona Game and Fish Department, um, when these wildfires are going on, they disturb the migratory patterns of our deer and our bighorn sheep and our, you know, other beautiful animals that we have in Arizona. And our Arizona Game and Fish Department have to literally haul the water to these animals or uh, sometimes I think drop it in by helicopter, which I know leaves a big carbon footprint, but I think they have no choice. So on Earth Day, I decided to choose two charities that I wanted to contribute to. And I know that just sometimes money doesn't solve everything, but I can't go up there and haul water. So I, um, <laughs> I um, uh, donated to our Arizona Game and Fish for this water um, initiative that they um, have during wildfire season in which they do uh, make sure that our animals in Arizona uh, in these wildfires have water oh, that's and <laughs> and I will defer to Alex on uh, climate change and wildfires but I'm I'm very sure that it has something to do with it and um, that Arizona heating up just like a tinderbox every summer is just contributing more to this and the second um, thing I did was I contributed to uh, earth.org the canopy project to replant trees in uh, deforestation areas because I just believe that trees are so important and I think that that you have spoken on this before and um, those are two charities and then I have a privilege of a social media platform uh, because I direct a nonprofit so I have been blasting out um, you know tips on um, that I've been learning here that it does uh, small changes make a big difference and um, you can you can one person make a difference and just do one thing today that will help this planet um, so thank yeah. you that's it yeah that's that's fantastic I mean uh, both of them I mean taking care of wildlife that that are uh, in such difficult situations now because because of because of climate change because of man-made climate change uh, so anything you can do to help them out is is wonderful and then yeah giving money i mean it is uh it sounds like you know just the thing you do from home but it does make a difference because uh, these these organizations ultimately they they also have costs they are often they're run by volunteers or people that don't earn much and they they still got costs they need to they need to transport the money etc they need equipment they need uh, they, they need everything they need they they uh, that is needed to get there so um yeah i think that is a great one and then planting trees yeah that is just so important we we really uh, everybody should plant trees and uh, actually i'm thinking about uh, on my uh, newsletter to say that anybody that subscribes to my newsletter that I will then pay for arrange this uh, but just as a, as a kind of contribution to, to tree planting I, I think that's uh, something to explore so it's, it's lovely to hear that you are doing it um, trees are in so many ways essential I mean one is they 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 capture carbon so they're still one of 
they're probably the most efficient uh, uh, carbon capture machine that we have in the world. It's just called a tree. Um, so they're important for that, but they also they they lower temperature. Uh, they they play a huge role in uh, in the diversity in the world. So we need that. And yeah, on your very first point, uh, there is of course uh, uh, an obvious link uh, between climate change and wildfires. You see that the climate change is taking place, and one of the ways that you see it is that we see more and more wildfires because. Um, you, it is it's getting warmer and it is also getting drier. So those two have a huge impact on uh, plant life. It also means that it's uh, it it as you said it becomes really a tinderbox. So it it really gets easy to uh, to to start a fire now because there's some kind of tipping point after which it really becomes very dangerous for forest fires and. That is obvious, let's say, in the southwest of the U.S., where it was always warmer and there had always been wildfires, which is a natural phenomenon even before anybody was living there, let's say, 50,000 years ago. You already had forest fires. But now, because it gets so much drier and so much warmer, uh, you, 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 you see the impact. And that combined with things like uh, the pine beetle, etc., that is also uh, killing trees. Uh, so they they have no natural defense against fire anymore. And these pine beetles, why are they exploding so much in especially the southwest of the U.S.? Because uh, the winters are now so mild that uh, many of them don't die off anymore in the winter. So there's more to start with in the spring. Spring also starts earlier. The whole warm season has become longer, which also means that they have two cycles to reproduce in just one. Uh, so they, they are exploding and they, they are killing the barks of the trees. And therefore, the trees and dead trees burn much better than uh, alive trees. And what you also see from, let's say, my Canadian perspective, where I'm talking from right now, is those horrible forest fires that you saw uh, last summer in British Columbia. And that is the kind of place where you normally didn't see wildfires there were some but it was it was much more rare because it's so much more humid and so much further north and so much cooler but there were massive wildfires on scale that, that people didn't see and what is then the result that the, uh, the 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 trees are gone so also the roots that that uh, that that hold uh, the, uh, the that hold the soil uh, together but it's also the because of this heat, the soil has been baked a bit like you you bake you bake clay into into stones. So when it then started to rain, there was no absorption capacity, and therefore you got this 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 massive flooding that was uh, destroying all the all the infrastructure and a lot of nature uh, as well in British Columbia. So that's the kind of double whammy of first a forest fire and then uh, the flooding. That is a pattern that we see much more often. The, the disaster in Australia in the previous two summers uh, was exactly that. You saw the, those horrible pictures of the koalas in um, in, in those fires, uh, but then you got those those flash floods in a in a way in an in an uh, in a size and a volume that has never ever been seen before in Australia because it was a direct result of those forest fires. And, and the fire seasons are becoming longer. So it used to be 
that the firefighting planes that you see now in in Arizona and other places were normally in the summer in America and then they flew to Australia because you didn't need them in the winter season in America and then they were working in Australia in the Australian summer while it was winter but that system that they did for many many decades is no longer applicable because there's no fire season anymore you can have fires in every month of the year now so they need to be on standby uh, in america and as well as in australia so they need twice as much on two different places now so yeah so uh, contributing to you know the, the small things you can do by giving a contribution uh, for planting trees and doing something on forest fire yeah those are those are really uh, excellent things and it's 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 good to see these things that um, individuals are getting active on earth day and i i think with the devastation we now see with uh with climate change which has become in the past five years or so i mean it's really recent that it has become so visible that you don't have to be any kind of expert that anybody can see now unless you're blind you can just see what climate change is doing and i hope that 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 contributes to a more massive movement to to pressure companies and especially governments uh, to into action because if government governments don't act we will never get there it's it's still important to do individual actions but you need regulations by laws by by government so yeah i hope to see more there i i was kind of breaking up evelyn who who i know has uh, more post-its uh, on her table than is good for the environment so <laughs> evelyn please uh, please come back and thanks sharon I have, I have hi i have posted in seven different sizes i counted them oh wow the you, you must have cut down half a tree for all those posts yeah i did <laughs> not to plant a few um yeah okay where was i right um I've, I've realized that when you start looking for options like to go i think you, you mentioned that on a lot like to go meat free dairy free dairy free or what i'm looking into right now is like plastic free as soon as you start looking around you find options you find things that you can use instead of plastic and yeah. one big one was um i'm now using i think in english they're called shampoo bars we sort of call it like dry shampoo and soap bars so i went back to those um, instead of all the plastic um, shampoo bottles and, and stuff like that. I used to just cut my hair when I felt that I was using too much shampoo, but now I'm using shampoo bars. That's probably okay, that's uh, a good idea. I don't know. I've never but, tried that. <laughs> and um, so that's going to cut down my, my plastic use a lot. So that's one thing I did, not for Earth Day, but... Um, just in general. And, um, okay, mentioned that too. Hang on. Yeah. And, and it's then, good with um, shampoos to see if you can find uh, shampoo with uh, without palm oil, which is... Yeah, which is that's going to be the next step. Because now that I've started looking at those um, shampoo bars, I've noticed that there's a lot more out there than the, just a couple that I found the first time out. So that's the next step. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, good ones. Um, 
then I'm going to join the or look have a closer look at the um, Global Earth Challenge that you can join. There's a bunch of stuff on there you can do. So that's definitely something I want to look into. There's also a lot on that on that um, their homepage um, about plastic. And plastic is going to be the focus of my own podcast that I'm going to start hopefully this weekend if I can get, um, well, if I can get around to it, really. But um, yeah, and then, you know, I'm not, I don't think I'm cut out for politics as such, because um, I'm, I'm not diplomatic enough, I don't think. But some sort of activism or just, you know, getting the word out there and just, um, yeah, just teaching people or learning with my listeners about about plastic and stuff like that. So that's something I'm going to do as well. Okay. And All good what else? steps. <laughs> and then in terms of plastic, they have this uh, reduce, reuse, recycle um, thing and then they also say remove remove refuse and rally so they added three more i yeah. mean reducing plastic is sometimes a bit a bit difficult i feel especially around here sometimes if you if you go to a supermarket you can um choose between organic or stuff that's not wrapped in plastic because organic is is most of the time wrapped in plastic. So I'm now looking into other options. Like there's a farmer's market on like Wednesday mornings and stuff like that. So yeah, and reuse, um, reusable plastic, yes, but maybe look for other options too and recycle. That's going to be something I'm going to look into because when you recycle things, you sort of feel like it's not as bad. But then yeah. um, I think it was Tom who mentioned it on one of your podcasts that, who said that you have to actually add, I think it's called virgin plastic, to recycle yeah. your plastic. And that doesn't really help the problem. So that's something to look into and to find out more about. Because as with a lot of things, if you recycle, it's it's good, but not using it or reducing it is definitely better yeah yeah true yeah, yeah. and it's same with paper by the way so let's say news yeah. newspapers uh I, I suppose nowadays they're less printed and more online but newspapers that are uh re uh recycled you, there's only a certain percentage of old paper that you can use because these um what do you call that the little pieces of wood of which it is made they're becoming shorter and shorter and at a certain moment mm-hmm. it doesn't give enough strength to make the paper so they have to add new uh new trees to it and it's the same thing with plastic you cannot just endlessly recycle plastic and actually in practice we recycle i think only about nine percent of all the plastic produced yeah. in the world so most of it is just uh, either burned or it ends up in 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 the oceans or somewhere somewhere else in the form of microplastics. Yeah, definitely. So that's going to be at least like two two episodes of my podcast, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, you know, you and Vanessa mentioned this a bunch of times. Like, you know, I I bike or walk, mostly walk to the grocery store. I realize that that's not possible for everybody, but here it is. So I do that. 
it makes me buy less because I can't fit. Well, I can fit a lot on a bike. You wouldn't believe it. But um, when I walk, if there's, you know, just not not that much I can carry. And also, yeah. I try to buy local and seasonal. At the moment, there's all those berries on sale, but they're not Swiss berries. So I'm waiting for those to um, to be grown locally. And then you can go pick them yourself, which is then, you know, part of the reconnecting with nature. Because I, we used to, we had a vegetable garden and we also have berries. So I'm, I'm used to picking my own and I love that. So something yeah. I look forward to. Oh, the, and, these um, are all good ones. I have two more. Okay. Okay. So, um, uh, electronics, like use them as long as possible. I've talked about, you know, needing a new phone. So um, I've been using this one for as long as possible. It's been dying on me almost once a day. So, and then recycle the old one. Yeah, it seems or... that they make these phones in a way that they deliberately die out on you. Yeah. I, I try to continue as long as possible with my iPhone 6. Um uh, at a certain moment, uh, all kinds of apps were no longer working. And I have the feeling that Apple or whomever is responsible there, but I guess Apple as a company, that they just deliberately stop updating all kinds of apps for the old phones. And therefore, they just arm twist you into buying a new phone. And so I, I managed to do um, six years with an iPhone, but I... I really stretch it to the end. I think in reality, it's more like after four or five years that you were forced to buy a new iPhone, yeah. uh, which I think is a bloody crime. But there's, there's of course, it's it's uh, as so often with all kinds of new developments, the government regulations are far behind uh, what is needed. You first get the technology and only then you get the rules. And that is, uh, that is, that is typically, typically what is happening here. And um, so, so yeah, you're you're forced to buy a lot of uh, a lot of electronic stuff that you don't need. I mean, same with all these kind of uh, the the wires that you need for charging, etc. They just change oh, yeah. every few years. It's it's whenever you have two or three uh, bought of 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 these wires of the one type, then they move to the next type, and I'm I'm sure that development will continue as well. Uh, not that they got so much better. I wouldn't know why they are better because the previous one was working as well. But they just keep on producing new gadgets just to to force you to to buy new stuff. Yeah, I I found a way to use my old headphones, which I'm really happy about. So I'm not not buying new headphones. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, my last post-it. Um, I just found this just uh, five minutes before you started the podcast. It's like make your own cloth bag from old T-shirts. Oh my God! I you don't think I'm to... capable of doing that, but I would admire if you you would be able to do that. <laughs> yeah, so I'm gonna get started on that possibly tonight because I love that idea, and I have a bunch of old T-shirts that I was gonna do something with. I was gonna do like I don't know maybe a quilt type thing or something, but I like the cloth bag idea. So, um, yeah, okay, and I can sell. So 
So that's not going to be a problem. So we'll see. That's a wonderful thought for Earth Day. <laughs> yeah, hey, and I think exactly. with that, I'm looking at the clock and I always aim for like yeah. 45 minutes. So we've been on there for like 45 minutes. Um, thanks so much for all your ideas. Uh, thanks so much for Brigitte for staying all the way to the end. Uh, and the four others that are listening, um, whom I can't see uh, who uh, who these people are, um, but you're probably listening through the website. And in that case, I don't see an avatar and I don't see your name. Uh, so I encourage you to join uh, call in and, and download the app on your uh, smartphone, whether it's Android or whether it's iOS. Um, and then you can uh, you can also participate. You can just just join in. You can just call in. That's why it's called call in because it's this is supposed to be uh, very interactive. So I uh, so the next time I can I can see who you are. Hey, but uh, thanks so much for joining. I would like to end with saying uh, Happy Earth Day. And I will probably be broadcasting again something this weekend. And I will certainly back on be back on Monday at 11 o'clock Eastern time, so the New York time. Um, and uh, that will be with uh, Vanessa and the normal broadcast that we normally do on Thursday with um, Alistair uh, Doyle is next week on Wednesday. So certainly I'll be somewhere around to the weekend on Monday at 11 o'clock Eastern time and on Wednesday instead of Thursday at three o'clock Eastern time. Um, thanks so much. Uh, for being here, especially Evelyn, for your 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 many um, creative ideas and contributions, and um, uh, yeah, and suddenly then just while I'm stopping, I see that now more people are listening. <laughs> I was just just stopping, guys. So thanks so much for uh, for joining. Hope to see you all back uh, somewhere this weekend. Normally a bit later in the day on either the Saturday or the Sunday, with some uh, some thoughts to share and some ideas to share. Okay. Bye-bye. Have a good day.